Hello, and welcome to Cinedrunk, the podcast where we're drunk on cinema and alcohol, brought to you by Cinemunch.com. I'm your host, Matt, joined by Nathan. Hey, hey. And Elizabeth. Hello. Uh, we are here following up our top 10 with the second annual Cinemunchies. Yeah, continuing our 2015 year in review. Yes, I'm sure all of the actors and films that will be awarded tonight are very excited. Oh. We're obviously sitting here in our fancy dress. I'm dressed as Kate Blanchett in Cinderella, just yeah. an acid green gown. I'm dressed as Lily James in Cinderella. Full <laughs> Corset blue and all. CGI. And, yeah. and I've yeah. taken over as Jessica Chastain in Crimson Peak. <laughs> yes. Great. So... What are we sipping on in these ball gowns of ours? <laughs> We're, well, don't spill. Um, <laughs> we have a masala martini. So we're doing another martini. We um, this one has gin as the base once again, um, as well as lime juice. Simple syrup is what the recipe calls for, but I used uh, honey, bee raw honey. Mm. Uh, shout kind? out um, orange blossom mm. honey. So it has a citrusy it note does. to it lends itself well to the lime juice that's already in the drink, I think. And <laughs> the martini also has some cumin mm-hmm. and kosher salt to give it a little extra flavor boost and counteract the sweetness. And uh, yeah, it's maybe the most interesting martini I've had yeah, ever. Yeah, it's got a kick. Mm-hmm. And a... It's, it's pretty good. I don't mm. know that it's the best like after dinner drink but we're gonna make it work yeah it's what we do we sure do so cinnamunchies uh if you were listening last year or you caught up on that post um are our individual awards uh for some main categories like the acting awards and breakthrough and things like that um first what we did was uh you listen to our top 10 list, we sort of synthesized uh, what, if the three of us had one ballot, what our best pictures would be based on if we ranked our number one with 10 points, number two, nine points, and so on, down to number 10 with one point. Our best picture of the year, no surprise, was Mad Max Fury Road. Our runner-up was Spotlight. Bronze medal went to Carol. Fourth place, 45 years. And fifth place, rounding out that top five, was Brooklyn. So those were our top five films of the year. Brooklyn, 45 years, and then the three that made all three of our top tens. Carol, Spotlight, and Mad Max, Fury Road. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'm comfortable with that. I am too. Yeah, that's a good, top, good, that's that. a good top five. I like that top five. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we also then did a similar thing for the acting races, where we sort of compiled a list just of the lead and supporting performances of the year that would potentially be considered... And then we all went through them and ranked our top 10 performances with, once again, our top performance getting 10 points and our number 10 performance getting one point. And then we added it all together to figure out our top five in each category. And we have our bronze, silver, and gold medalists as well. Our so we cinema have like our five winners. nominees and our, our winner. Yeah. So should we start with the, the least sort of exciting category of the year? Sure. Sure. Which I think was best actor. In fact, Nathan 
didn't want to rank anybody 10th. He only had nine he even cared for. Yeah, I started by going through and crossing out people on the list, and I ended up with just nine options <laughs> left over. <laughs> Not a super strong year for male performances. Um, however, Considering we... how great the movies were, especially. Right. Yeah. And I think considering how strong I think our actual top five ended up being. Yeah, mm-hmm. true. Um, so our number five... If the four before him, them, him should die, he will be our cinematic <laughs> winner. And you know, they might. You never know. I hope not, but life happens. Uh, it is Michael B. Jordan for, for Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, our number four was Matt Damon for The Martian. Um, number three was Tom Courtenay for 45 Years. Number two was Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs. And very and pretty easy winner was Jacob Tremblay for Room. Yeah. Uh, is our gold medalist and best actor, which is probably a shock to all those grown ass men that uh <laughs> like seven year old won. But he's he's fantastic. He he is crucial and carries a significant portion of the film. Yeah. Uh, and Jacob, I know you're listening. Congratulations. <laughs> You've earned it. Uh, I assume he'll post a really adorable Instagram photo with his cinnamon cheese. Right. Yeah. Like a chunk of cheese. <laughs> yes. Just, but I mean, yeah. if he's if he didn't get an Oscar nomination, at least he won the cinnamon cheese. It's true. Not even like runner up or nominee. Yeah. I assume it'll be on his IMDb page where it lists like awards nominated <laughs> awards, and awards winner. I always have a hard time with like trying to grade child performances, but right. F it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And there were so many good ones last year. Yeah. But yeah, handily he was got two number one placements and a number two placement, so that was yep. a clear winner. Congrats, mm-hmm. Jacob. Let's move to supporting actress. Yeah. Um so, Supporting Actress is our next least excited about <laughs> category, but um, also a strong finish when you look at the top five. Mm-hmm. So, tied for number four were Joan Allen and Alicia Vikander in Ex, Ex Machina. Machina. Which we should be very clear that she was not nominated in any way. For, for the, the Danish, Danish girl, but if she would have been, she would have been in contention for lead. Yes. I believe. As she should. Nathan's alternate title for the Danish girl after we saw it was the Danish shit pile. So. <laughs> I believe it was. Yeah. So let us never speak of that again. <laughs> However, she's um, terrific in Ex Machina. Yeah. As is Joan Allen in Room. Yeah. And another shout out to Joan Allen for just... <laughs> Beating the odds. Oh, whatever. She's always coming from behind. <laughs> Biggest just shock mistaken. of the year that she had a brilliant performance, really, um, for such a mediocre actress. Uh, <laughs> number three, um, supporting actress Kate Winslet in Steve Jobs. Mm-hmm. That Polish accent, I think, is what it <laughs> yeah. was. Whatever, whatever, sure whatever it was was it's brilliant. It's more endearing that it's kind of an uneven performance because I just haven't felt that like electricity from her in a while. Where I was like, well, and it's also and she's so good with three distinct time periods. Correct. Yeah. I, I don't think her performance is uneven within any of the three. No, no, it's just when paired so, together, it's like, wait, why does the accent get stronger? 
And it's only the accent, which is only a part of the performance. Yeah. True. And, I mean, not not that she was trying to make the accent get stronger, but there are people whose accents do get stronger over time because they kind of just give up. Um, Number two, supporting actress Sarah Paulson in Carol. A true supporting performance Mm -hmm. in every sense of the word. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, she is un undersung. She's an unsung hero of cinema, I think. Agree. Um, and number one, which we'll talk about a little more, I guess, Phyllis Smith, who uh, was a voice actress in Inside Out, mm-hmm. and she actually was ranked first by all of us. Yep. So she uh, won by seven points. Uh, took it away, clean sweep. Um, she played sadness in Inside Out, and we we debated a little bit whether she should be lead, but I think supporting we ended up agreeing was just a slightly better fit. Um, she really knocks it out of the park with this. And yeah, what's and, and again, what is I would argue a really tricky role, which is that. She ultimately has to be sort of the linchpin of the emotional turn of the movie, mm-hmm. um, while also providing comedic relief for a large portion of it. Yeah. Um, which is tricky. It's tricky to do sadness and have it be both poignant and hilarious. Yeah. And, I mean, just her every sigh is funny, <laughs> yeah. too, but still convincingly sad. Yeah. Without being like, oh, that character is like dragging the movie down, right. depressed. Yeah. No, if anything, it, it you know shines every moment that sadness is on screen. For sure. Uh, moving on to one of the categories that was most up in the air, both with the Oscars and just in general this year, because there were so many and it was hard to come to a consensus. Uh, best supporting actor. We had several ties, and in fact, twenty different gentlemen received votes from the three of us so things were kind of all over the place tied for number four we have uh michael keaton in spotlight and benicio del toro in sicario two very different performances yes very very (laughs) that's a real odd pair two very different lip jobs Sure. One successful, one not. Our number three supporting actor, Nicholas Holt for Mad Max Fury Road. Yes. All out. Fantastic. Uh, And then we had a tie for number one. Gold medal going to both Oscar Isaac for Ex Machina and Liev Schreiber for Spotlight. Yeah. Again, very different performance. Very, yes. Uh, But terrific. Both. Such depth of quality. Yeah. I mean, I had six different men from Spotlight in all in my top ten. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's just one movie. Yeah. I think there's something about... I think also because I've seen recently, I feel like Liam Shriver has been giving, like, really, like, overstated performances. Mm. <laughs> like, very big performances. And I had kind of forgotten that he could be such a nice, lovely, subtle presence. Mm-hmm. 
Um, like a Mark Rylance type. Yeah, you know, kind of. Like his stage. Yeah, and that character is, is also kind of the linchpin in the way that that story turns mm-hmm. in Spotlight. And, and he's just such a... I was interested every time he was on screen and what he was doing with so little. Yeah. And then Oscar Isaac manages to do both a lot and very little. Oh, just that character that he creates. I yeah. mean, a lot of it is yes on the page, but yeah. it's also... Uh, the movie works so well because of yeah. what he's doing, which is like off kilter, but right. in the best way that's really still captivating. Oh. Draws you in. Yeah. And sexy. I mean, he's like Michael Fassbender in that when they're on screen, like you're just drawn to them. They have whatever it is as far as like a relationship with a camera mm-hmm. that they're just never uninteresting to watch, which works really then well for the character of Nathan in Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. Also, I like, yeah. go, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to uh, something really serious. Um, <laughs> I like to think Liev Schreiber's character in Spotlight is actually cotton weary <laughs> and has just changed his name. <laughs> he didn't really die in the third one? Left. Well, this is maybe before that. Oh, oh. Wait, what no. year? No? That they was, were all in the 90s? The third was 2000, Spoiler. right? Spoiler. Ugh. Well, it was 96, um, 97. Yeah. Okay, fine. So if he did die, then he didn't <laughs> die. Knows? You're... Spoiler alert for screen three. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. It's cotton weary. Um, but now he's doing something with his life. And really he's important. around. Yeah. yeah. That's what I think. Well, I was just going to say if, um, if they would like to both come here and pose with us for their for their gold medal cinema G. I don't think the three of us would have any complaint about that. Oh, we will hand yeah. them their award. We could make it into a, a real calendar girls moment. <laughs> could make a calendar. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Moving on. What about the leading ladies? Uh, yes. So in Best Actress, we also had two ties. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this one, interestingly, I think has the most, as you probably have noticed with our other categories, they don't have a ton of overlap with Oscars this year, which is interesting because last year, I believe three of our four categories were with the consensus of Oscar with this exception of supporting actor. Um, whereas this year, not a lot of overlap in most of the categories, except for leading actress. Um, so there is a tie for number five, and that is Rooney Mara, placed correctly in the right category of lead, <laughs> with Lily Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Couple of lesbians. Yeah. In fact, Rooney Mara could be playing the younger version of Lily Tomlin's character. I like mm-hmm. to think that Lily they Tomlin and Grandma was Rooney Mara's character. <laughs> <laughs> <And> Carol. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> what a theory, goodness. Um, number four was Saoirse Ronan for Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Saoirse. Number three was Brie Larson for Room, probable Oscar winner there. Mm-hmm. And then we had a tie for first place between a couple of grand dames. Kate Blanchett for Carol and Charlotte Rampling for 45 years. Yeah, which Kate Blanchett was everyone's number two between the three of us. Charlotte Rampling was Nathan and I's number one, and Elizabeth's number four. Four. Mm. 
But, I mean, again, sort of like my best picture, top five were all, like, super stellar. It was a great year for lead females. Really was. And a not-so-good year for lead males. Yeah. It's fine with me. About time. Keep it up. But let's not take anything away from Jacob. No. no. Again, I really like our fantastic. top five. Yeah. Our top five I'm super comfortable with and would be much more excited about the Oscars if that was the top five. Totes. But, alas, we don't always get what we want. That's for damn sure. Yeah. The same way that sometimes we get a bad movie, but there's one good performance in it. That's true, which leads us to our next cinemunchie, Best Performance in a Bad Movie, which we gave to Dakota Johnson, really for her 2015, in both <laughs> uh, Fifty Shades of Grey and Black Mass. Neither is a particularly good movie, Black Mass certainly being worse, I'd say, than yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey, actually. Uh, but she's pretty great, and I've always yeah. kind of liked her... Um, was it Ben and Kate? Was that the mm-hmm. name of that TV yeah, show? Yeah, it was a charming show. She's so charming. I root for her much more so than I ever rooted for her mother. Yeah. Well, but what about, about Milk Money? What a lame... <laughs> I mean, not to be a downer, but what a lame name. Dakota Johnson. Also, I have no idea who this person is. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen either. I haven't seen so. either. Well, I saw parts of Black Mass and walked out. You but... probably left before she even appeared on the screen. <laughs> Um, but anyway, this is not about me. It's about her, I guess. <laughs> She's briefly in the social network, but you probably wouldn't remember her in that either. Yeah. Anyhow, she gets our cinnamonchi for best performance in a bad movie. So good hopefully next you. year you'll give another good performance, but in a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Aspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps I should actually do the next one sure. since yeah. uh, you haven't seen these two either, Nathan. Rub it in. No, actually, I mean, I think this is good. You avoided bad movies, and you avoided movies that had bad performances. So our next is the sort of flip side, worst performance in a good movie. And this I am proud to bestow upon Paul Giamatti for his 2015 roles as music managers. This is for both Love and Mercy and Straight Out of Compton. And I would also just like to add also to whoever his wig maker was. <laughs> oh, can rest in be, peace. Wig maker. Can be added into this. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Giamatti was taking some big swings. He yeah. was in different Even movies. Even in San Andreas, which almost worked. Like, Oh, no. Mm. It did not. No? <laughs> well, then we can add in that. Though that, I guess we would say it would it's not a good be a movie. good movie. Yeah, just Paul Giamatti, you had a bad 2015. Yikes. Brush yeah. it off and let's hope for a you gotta, better year. You gotta figure out what movie you're in. <sighs> hope there are some things sitting on the shelf that are good for next year. <laughs> this is an actor I quite like. He's great, yeah. generally. But I'm starting to think his good performances were flukes. Because, woof <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Well, I... I have the honor of bestowing the Cinnamonchi for sexiest performance, Ooh. both male and female. So the male, the sexiest male performance goes to Oscar Isaac in Ex Machina. Um, or Star Wars. Or Star Wars. Yeah, or sure. Oh yeah, actually, on for me it would be Star Just Wars. Just in general. That lip Oscar. bite. Um, that lip bite. No, but the dancing in Ex Machina. No, I the, listen. Uh, I know. No, Star Wars, but <laughs> but. It's a treasure. He's a treasure trove of sexy performances. 
Um, <laughs> and the sexiest performance by a female is Kate Blanchett in Carol, yes. who is, we already know that um, Elizabeth turned into a lesbian. Yeah. Uh, within her first scene. Within, yeah, quite quickly. Um, it's a medical a new... miracle, actually. <laughs> Uh, he says it's not a choice. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, you thought she was sexy and blue jasmine? <laughs> did, did you? <laughs> you thought she was sexy and I'm not there? <laughs> you haven't seen kind nothing yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's also my new, like, my dating role model. I've just stocked up on gloves to yes. leave places yeah. with gentlemen. Yep. Just sew your name and number into each of the gloves and yep. leave them around. And Catch their the eye best. across the room. And if you get a Rooney Mara, sure. Yeah, well, you know, I'm open. I'm open to what life throws at me. <laughs> <laughs> Is it back to me? Sure. Okay. Oh, we each have our choice for this one. So uh, we have our award for best ensemble. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year was so rich that we've each selected one, although we're still leaving off a fair number of other superb ensembles. Um, I'm a little heartbroken we didn't get Brooklyn in there. But in the end, I chose Spy. Because, uh, again, like I said, in our top ten, top to bottom, T to B, everybody in Spy. Oh, that's just... what T to B means. All right. I don't really know. You had that. said that at some point, and I just, it went over my I head. I got it. T to B. Gotcha. Top to bottom. All righty. T to B. Titty to B. Spy. Booty. That's exactly what I was Spy's got it going on. Sure does. Mine uh, would be uh, my number one film of the year, Spotlight. The ensemble is so rich, and not just the in- investigative reporters and people that work at the newspaper, but all of... I mean, like literally every extra, like the movie is so lived in and feels so authentic and people like all the victims and the people associated with the church and the different schools and it's all, it's really well done. I would love to briefly look up the casting directors and give them a shout out, but you can tell that the movie, Tom McCarthy, who directed and co-wrote it, is an actor. He, you know, that's what the movie Loves or Dies on is the ensemble and it is a fantastic ensemble that rightfully won the Screen Actors Guild Award. Well, for best we'll, we'll send the casting directors a block of cheese. A few, some some shredded. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. No, 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 no. Whole chunks. Um, <laughs> chunks. Uh, maybe a nice wedge. Um, <laughs> a mini wheel. My, my choice for ensemble. So I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to quickly mention Mistress America, which I mentioned in previous podcast summer anyway but just i mean if you were just choosing like best scene for an ensemble i just it, just see that movie <laughs> um <laughs> but truly my favorite ensemble of the year was mad max and i agree similarly to what matt said um down to every extra yep i mean this is like for me, I am someone who does watch the extras and whose eye wanders ar- across the screen. And um, in a movie like this where you're building an entire universe, everyone has to be on yeah. or it doesn't work. And this works. And um, 
all of the women who, well, all the women from the beginning of the film, but also the women who they the encounter, women. the yeah. older women who they encounter vulva. halfway, Ma. halfway or what farther through the film. The vulva. The vulva. <laughs> what are they called? The vulva lobby. What is the? I, don't I forget. Know. I don't know, but all. <laughs> From so them yeah. to, the of course... The tubes. Correct. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> no, from them to, you know, the, to the Nicholas Holtz, the Tom Hardys, and the Shirley's Thrones. I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, and total credit to, like, the makeup and costuming and, like, everyone. Oh, yeah, all yes. the villains. Yeah, everyone has such... Mm-hmm. Not to mention, like, every war boy extra who's just totally manic and selling that sort of demagoguery. Yeah. Witness me. Yeah. Yeah. Superb. Totes. So the next award is the Thumbs Up for Diversity Award, Mm -hmm. which um, goes to the film that we think went above and beyond, but really just went to where movies should go um, as far as diversity uh, in casting primarily and um, The Martian is the winner this year Um, there were roles uh, for women, roles for people of color Asian Americans um, Latinos I mean roles that didn't necessarily on the page say this has to be a person of color right um in the best way was sort of yeah and added to the spirit of the film which is just you know globally coming together exactly to rescue team building right Right. yeah it's also a a nice sort of reprieve for ridley scott who was in the real doghouse last year for exodus Exodus, gods and gods and kings yikes and yikes yikes he really learned his lesson about that Maybe. Maybe, Yeah, we'll see see what he does next. But whoever was casting person was at least a good job for Martian. Uh, Next, we'll have the Cinemunchi for uh, younger performance, uh, which we'll give to both an actor and an actress. Uh, Our younger male actor, uh, Cinemunchi, goes to Abraham Atta from Beasts of No Nation. Uh, only with the caveat that Jacob Tremblay won our Cinemunchie for lead actor. But Abraham Atta, um, if you haven't seen Beast of No Nation, it's on Netflix. It, you should check it out. Um, it's worth watching, and he's great in it. And I was like, oh, he's pretty good. And then he has a final scene with like a counselor, basically, that I was like, oh, yeah. He nails it, knocks it out of the park. It's kind of a longer take. He's real good and really a, kind of a winning personality too similar to Jacob Trombley like if you've seen him outside of you know this yeah. m- more intense serious film he's got a good yeah. good head on his shoulders and good sense of humor and I feel like he's gotten some other casting maybe I hope so I mean I know recently. he's actually like you know African mm-hmm. and so I don't know what his market is you know I don't know where his home is I don't know if he still lives um in Africa with his family. But yeah, I hope he what continues. I feel like he just got cast in something. So good I for hope him. so. Um, and our uh, best performance by a young actress goes to Julia Paintner, who, uh, if you listen to our top 10, Nathan's Number Nine was a short German film that's nominated for um, live action short at the Oscars called Everything Will Be Okay or Alles wird gut. <laughs> Or something like that. It's so um, painful and she, every time you say it. That's how you... If you're speaking German, you have to sound angry. 
That's what I thought. Uh-huh. Uh, but she's really remarkable. And again, it's a these are child performances. Credit goes to the you know, everyone involved, editors and mostly the director and whatnot, but she's so believable. She put the movie on my top ten list. Legit. Yeah. No question. And again, final scene. Mm. Brings it no, home. No spoilers, but wow. I'm tearing up right now. Just it could be the many martinis, but yeah. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's something to behold. And I think we mentioned during the top ten list to or the top ten podcast that I didn't even it didn't dawn on me that she was an actress mm-hmm. until well after we left the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just a, a girl in a story. Yep. That yes. good. So. That girl. Um, the next, well, I shouldn't do the next one because I haven't seen the first sure. one. Sure. I'll do it. So, the Cinemunchie for film that surprised us the most, both good and bad. So, the film that surprised us in a good way would be The Gift. Mm-hmm. Um, that thriller starring Jason Bateman. Yep, and Rebecca Hall. Rebecca and it Hall. Was also co-starring and written and directed by Joel Edgerton. Yeah, which was kind of shocking because the marketing materials never even like mentioned that no, it was it him. Until reviews so it came wasn't out, until like was the like, week wait. of the movie and it was getting good reviews that it was like, wait, Joel Edgerton directed yeah. this? Then it, it was. And I feel like we saw so many trailers for this, and it, I'd written not, it off. Yeah, not that it looked bad, but it just didn't look like anything of Derivative. note. Yeah. Pokey. Um, but yeah, it was quite good. I would recommend it. And then. Film that surprised us in a bad way. Unanimous. <laughs> Good night, mommy. Fuck that movie. It's Go the whiplash of 2015. <laughs> I have no idea how this movie is so critically acclaimed. Yeah. Yes. I, whatever. I mean, it's fine. Great. But no, no, no the movie isn't fine. Oh. I'm saying it's fine that some people like it. They have the, entitled to their opinions. Right. No, the movie is not fine. The movie is horrendous. <laughs> it's, it's maddening. God awful. It's maddening. It's. I, don't know, I wouldn't say it was god awful. I think I liked I it more than the two of you. But yeah, no, I think still, it's god awful. If, if, it was. It was like a. Stu- it was a student. It was like student work to me. Mm-hmm. That was like the the best way I can describe how I felt about watching it was that someone thought they were being so clever but really it was borderline offensive if not offensive oh it was offensive if i crossed that border if i was viscerally like excited by mad max or like invigorated by mad max i was (laughs) viscerally enraged by this eviscerated (laughs) i was furious i was furiosa coming out of that movie (laughs) fuck that movie straight to hell yeah let's not spend another word on that instead let's go to something terrific which is the i wasn't sure you had that in you award which is only vaguely condescending but we mean it in the best way And our it's like award, performance that surprised us. Yeah, yeah, and our award winner for that is Jason Statham in Spy. 
Um, I always thought for his like genre movies, he was pretty charismatic. Like I liked Jason Statham. I was never, but I don't. That's I'm not fine. really yeah. his like market for type of movie. Creed no? Two is one of the worst movies I've ever had to sit through. <laughs> um, yeah. However, with an ex boyfriend. However, in Spy, mm-hmm. he's like steals every scene he is in. He he manages to match and sometimes top Melissa McCarthy, and he's a great foil for her. Mm-hmm. And they have terrific chemistry, and he's so fucking hilarious in that movie. I won't disagree. I could listen to yeah. him, and it's such a fun send up of his persona, which makes right. it even that better. Helps. Yeah. yeah, I could just listen to him list random things that he claims to have done for days. <laughs> yeah, each more absurd and hilarious. I, hope, I haven't seen, but I hope there's like a DVD or if people are even buying DVDs anymore that has special like features. That's takes. like legit an hour of him just going off in that corner in that hotel room, just saying shit that he's done. Also, just the ending with him being like. I need to go off in this boat and think I'm going to go <laughs> down, down the coast. Drive down the coast. And it takes off and the two coast. women are like... Should we tell him it's a lake? Uh, <laughs> God, the whole movie is just so funny. Yeah. But he, he's surprised in, in the best way. Uh, I'm pleased to see that he has such comedic chops. Pleased as punch. And again, I hope there's a sequel and I Me want too. him to be in it. Me yeah. too. Uh, our next Cinemunchy uh, is going to be for the most underrated film of the year and most overrated film of the year. I'm going to start overrated just to get it out of the way. The most overrated film of the year is clearly for us The Revenant. Boo! I I mean, what is there to say? It's fine, but... I think I probably liked it most out of the three of us, to be honest. But, yes, overrated. I know, we we both like... I would still give it like a thumbs up, but overrated is clearly... I mean, Elizabeth, yes, clearly did not like it. But if it wins Best Picture... Ugh, it is just so clearly of the eight that are nominated, just bottom of the bottom. It also just once again has it's all style over substance. There's nothing to like it has no point. It has nothing to say. It thinks it does. But it doesn't. Yeah. It's yeah. just overrated. And, and the lead character is empty. Like not even talking about performance, just like there's nothing to the lead or character. Even the technicals to it. Sure, it was difficult to film and weather conditions and the cinematography and natural light and eating raw bison liver. But the thing it's is, like... part of the reason it was difficult to film too is because Alejandro Inarritu was an asshole. And like <laughs> no, but seriously, this is why his like his crew was quitting on him. Right. His and cast, they're like propping like, it up Hardy, on like artistic Tom Hardy punched integrity. him in the face. Tom Hardy punched him in the face while they were filming Good. it. Because he was just being huh. an asshole. So it's like, there's a way to do a difficult shoot. Again, to talk about Beasts of No Nation, like Carrie Fukunaga, his cinematographer broke his arm. And so Carrie was just like, all right, I'll be my own cinematographer. And it's beautiful. He got, right, because he's also a genius cinematographer, he got malaria while filming it. <laughs> he worked with a bunch of people who had never acted professionally. He was using people who actually were former child soldiers. Like, all this stuff. But no one had to be, like, sick, you know, besides him who got sick. Like, he didn't have to put his cast and crew in their lives in danger. Right. And that to doesn't be, like, make it a great artistic achievement. achievement. No, it, really it just means yeah. you're a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> praying, praying to all gods that the doesn't win best yeah. picture. Uh, most underrated for us is I'll See You in My Dreams, which was a lovely Delightful. like spring or summer release that we didn't see till it came to video. Great Mother's Day movie. Watch it with your mom yeah, for Mother's totally. Day. Yeah. Um, it's Blythe Danner, who's fantastic. Smokable. <laughs> yes. Starring uh, <laughs> as a... Uh, 
a woman later in life, widow who sparks up a friendship with a pool boy of hers, and she's got this great group of friends that's like Rhea Perlman and June Squibb and Mary Kay Place. Place. I love Mary Kay Place always. Um, I love her name. Yeah. Right. Malin Ackerman <laughs> plays her daughter. She's sort of starts a romance with um, Sam Elliott. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's great. It's just a lovely, unassuming film. Martin Starr plays the pool boy. And they have such, it's such a weird pairing, but they have such chemistry. Yeah. And there's a karaoke scene that's just fantastic. Well, Blythe Danner, I mean, she was a contestant for sexist performance in that karaoke totally. scene. And for best lead actress. Like, yeah. she's great. And it's just a movie and a character that's not, like, trying to... I don't know. It, it's just so unassuming and quaint and yeah. quiet and, like, I wish there were more things made. Yeah. Again, another film I watched if, and I was just like, this is lovely. Yeah. yeah. If Brooklyn wasn't movie. made this year, this would be the loveliest yes. film of the year. <laughs> yeah. And I'll see you in my dreams, Blythe. So now we go to the true cinemunchie of all cinemunchies, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Best food moment. Mm-hmm. In film. <laughs> um, we have three of them. The first one for me, this is my personal favorite. Um, it's Bunzo the Bunny in Kamiko the Treasure Hunter. Uh, getting food pellets poured over him <laughs> by K- Rinko Kikuchi's character. Rinko yeah. yeah. Every time I say her name, I second guess myself. <laughs> um, and just like I, I mean, I talked about this movie in our top ten podcast, but just like several of the shots in the film, kind of are stand-ins or or encapsulate the entire film. I think this moment also says it all that the bunny Bunzo. <laughs> just sits there while food is being poured poured on him um it's another sort of symbol of depression just like what the movie is is about um yeah and so it, it's the most maybe it's the most highbrow of our food moments mm-hmm. because it's a rabbit it's the, food it's the, <laughs> because it's a bunzo the bunny like um bunzo. yeah bunzo's great um, best performance by a bunny in 2015. <laughs> totally. uh, second best food moment. The um, towel, I guess the first towel. Or second or all. Or, all. Yeah. Well, the first, let's see. The, the first the one first, is the great. The first one's where she puts it in her mouth. Yeah, and it, yeah, it actually is a towel. And it actually is a towel. Um, in Spy, Yes. We're getting ahead of ourselves. It's in the movie Spy. Melissa McCarthy's character is eating at a nice restaurant. um, And they are given towels at the beginning of the meal that kind of look vaguely like marshmallows. And she promptly pops it into her mouth because she thinks it's an amuse-bouche or something. And (laughs) turns out to be a towel. And, you know, it's one of those stupid jokes that in lesser hands would not be funny at all, but is brilliant in Melissa McCarthy's delivery and, right. and physicalizations. 
Um, and then in that same and, scene, he like mentions like could have gone to Burger King or something yeah. like that. And her like just loud Cackle, guffaw. Yeah, her guffaw. <laughs> yeah, I mean that scene is rich with with good moments. Um, Not to mention then the callback later, like you said, which is that then she's eating with Reina, the Rose Byrne character, and it actually is an Amu's bouche. Right, that she starts to and try to use And she starts trying towel, to pull it apart because like, she thinks it's a towel. And Rose Byrne does this trip. So trimming. stupid. You eat your food like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, and then the, the last of the best food moments is um, the spaghetti sequence in Brooklyn, um, which is kind of a misnomer because there's no actual spaghetti. Um, it's uh, when Ailish's character is in the boarding home. The boarding house. <laughs> the home, the boarding house, um, with two of her housemates, and they're teaching her how to eat spaghetti without getting it everywhere um, because she's about to go on a date with an Italian or, or go family. over, go over his to family. his family and yeah. have a family meal. Um, that... Is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you have anything else to say about that one. No, I mean you've seen it in the trailer probably, but right. it's it's charming. Just like, it's also a nice moment because it's like camaraderie, the con- right, and the the two women helping her out and in a funny way. It's mm-hmm. lovely. <laughs> it is lovely. Uh, our then we have our best drink moments. Which are are super dark this year, and I'm excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can do the best drink sure. moments sure. too. Um, so we, <laughs> they are super dark. They all involve some sort of contamination. Uh, <laughs> so in the night before, which is a movie that I really enjoyed, was also really funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. we all uh, enjoyed it. Holiday movie, um, starring some bros. Not really bros, but Seth Rogen, men. Anthony Mackie, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. More importantly, Michael Shannon. Yes. Yeah. So there's a scene where um, Seth Rogen is snorting cocaine <laughs> <laughs> because his wife has given him just like a, a party pack of drugs. <laughs> yes. And he... He has an uncontrollable nosebleed, and some of his blood drips into the drink. Of I don't Mindy know the Kaling. actress, Mindy, Mindy Kaling. Kaling. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's the first one. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second of the best drink moments is a trio <laughs> that we're calling lovingly the Poison Trio. Um, <laughs> The first is Poison Tea from Crimson Peak. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've seen the movie, you know what we're talking about, but uh, don't drink the tea. If Jessica Chastain offers you a cup of tea, decline. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. do not. Just do not. Um, the Pour s- it in a plant. The yeah. second is uh, Poison Coffee in The Hateful Eight. Mm-hmm. Again, don't drink the coffee. Uh, and the third is... A poison martini and spy. spy. And uh, that someone else needs to describe the scene with um, the throat burning. (laughs) Well, the whole setup (laughs) is. Because this. (laughs) 
This is hilarious as well. The whole setup is great that Melissa McCarthy sees Rose Byrne's drink get drugged or something happened, slipped into it before it's delivered to her table. And she then decides to go over and interact with this woman who, again, at this point, she thinks has killed her like partner, has mm-hmm. killed Jude Law. But she still stops it and there are like some jokes about... Melissa McCarthy being like, people are always slipping things into my drink, and Rose Byrne being a little incredulous. I don't believe that. that. (laughs) And then when taking her along to say, like, if this is the man who she saw slip the poison in, and when Melissa McCarthy says yes, the guy is then forced to drink Uh it. That's out in the alley, right? Out in the alley, and he drinks it, and then his esophagus is burned through. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And she promptly passes out at the sight of his burned esophagus. And then when she wakes up, she's like, oh no, how long was I out? And Rose Byrne tells us, just long enough for us all to laugh at you. (laughs) It's just a great sequence. (laughs) Clever. Good stuff. I feel like this podcast is just turning into me describing scenes from, from Spy. Spy. You can just go through the whole thing. But it's all so good. It's all so good. It is. Um, oh, this is, a, this is one that's always near and dear to our heart, this next category. Um, we're taking a little bit of license with the term elderly. I hope she won't be offended. But we are doing elderly British performance. Um, and this year our winner is Julie Walters as a real scene stealer and woman near and dear to my heart in Brooklyn. Yeah. As sort of the matron of this uh, boarding house. She's so good. And she's terrific as Julie Walters always is. Truth. She should have won for Billy Elliot. Lies. Nope. It should have been Kate Hudson. No. Almost famous. Uh, yes. No. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. no. Move it along Anyways, now. we'll fight about that after we turn this off. <laughs> uh, Matt, do you want to talk about our next category? Sure. Um, uh, next Cinemanchi is for Breakthrough of the Year. Last year it went to female directors in general. This year it's a performance. went to Belle Powley for Diary of a Teenage Girl, mm-hmm. which was a movie a lot of people liked. Elizabeth and I weren't as high on, but it still got a lot of substance and style, and most importantly, she is great yeah. in this movie. I would also kind of lump uh, the director, Mariel Heller, into that mm, too. Yeah. I think it was a bold and, and well-directed... Confident, yeah. Uh, first feature. Totally. And again, it, as with a lot of films we've discussed, character that you wouldn't normally see or we haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, and yeah, really just richly detailed performance. Yeah, she's terrific. And I... Totes. I, I look forward to seeing what uh, people do with her because she's also not super conventionally attractive. And I really hope that people are more open to casting her because she's a super talent and mm-hmm. she should be in a lot of things. Yeah, I hope so. I look forward to seeing what else she's got. Yeah. Uh, um, the next thing, we each have our own choices, which is a, a craft recognition, just a below the... Line. I almost said below the belt, but that's something else. <laughs> B to B. <laughs> oh, these. <laughs> T to B. Oh, these martinis. Um, which is just our favorite special shout out to a craftsman. A craftsman. Poor lady. Mm-hmm. I know, I was about to correct it. Crafts lady. Who did a terrific job. And I didn't even look up who my person is, so I shouldn't go first while I look that up. 
Oh, I didn't look up who my person is either. Uh, well, I know mine, so I'll go. Uh, mine, uh, as we have discussed before, both when we were talking about the film, but also when we were discussing uh, things we were happy about with Oscar nominations, mine is the score for Sicario by Johan Johansson, mm-hmm. especially because it was also a bit of a surprise. We mentioned um, that he had done the score last year for The Theory of Everything, which is this beautiful, light, ethereal score, and then the score for Sicario is like the complete opposite. It's what adds so much to that relentless intensity of the film. And it is crazy good and haunting and Mm -hmm. really well done. Yeah, Um, it's an amazing score. Yeah, that's my shout out for a craft recognition cinemachi. What you got? I I have um, the cinematography for Son of Saul. Mm. And the cinematographer for this movie was Matthias Ederly. Um, no idea how to actually pronounce it. He's Hungarian. Uh, his um, star sign is Virgo. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but but uh, but really, um, the cinematography could have been such a cheap trick in this movie. Um, We've talked already about how I mean this is the this is the Holocaust movie set in Auschwitz, um, following a man who is part of the team who basically is forced to murder his fellow um, Jews and also and other prisoners in the camp, and um, we've talked already about how it's kind of filmed from his point of view uh, and that keeps it intimate and it keeps the horror almost uh, more palpable Mm -hmm. because you're not you're just seeing it's not necessarily in focus yeah um, but it's still right right there and it's it's you know first person perspective so I think I think it does succeed as more than a trick. I think it is an yeah, interesting way to tell this kind of story. And um, kudos to to the DP. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, my selection was the production designer for Mad Max Fury Road, which is Colin Gibson. Um, and he has been art director on a few things, including Babe and Babe, Pig in the City and Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. But um, Mad Max Fury Road seems to be his first like big feature as, as production designer, which is just all the more impressive. Wow. Um, and the, the level of detail, you know, we talked about when we talked extensively about Mad Max in our top 10 about the fact that they were able to create this whole world, this whole post-apocalyptic I don't know why I can't say apocalyptic tonight Um, world and so much of it is done in sort of shorthand just through like quick visual shots and so much of that has to do with the production design and the detail and level of the world that he creates just in the cars alone and and the set decoration by Lisa Thompson set decoration great she's included so Super, super team. Great work. And again, glad 
that they were Oscar nominated. Yes, very glad. Um, ooh, this one, I'm going to do this one because this one sure. makes me excited. We have best song or music moment. Mm-hmm. And this one is sort of a tie. I'm calling it Sexy Man Dancing. Mm-hmm. And so that includes Oscar Isaac's Dance to Get Down at Saturday Night in, um, in Ex Machina. One which of the is, scenes of the year. Which we did definitely watch on a loop. Over and over again. <laughs> it was the Skeleton Twins of 2015. It really was. Yeah. It really was. Um, and then also the, much to my surprise, I have not been a fan of him previously, but the I Wanted That Way convenience store scene in Magic Mike XXL. There are a number of great music and dance moments in that film, but that scene is just hilarious, and he goes for broke, and then it's capped with the wonderful facial performance by the woman they got to be the comedian. Just when he's like, all he's doing is trying to get her to smile. Yeah. And And it's great. The smile at the end. So sexy man dancing. It was a good year for that in 2015. Totes. Uh, Only two left. Uh, Second to last Cinemunchie uh, is for the most romantic moment in cinema. And we've already discussed that this movie has been all over top 10 lists and Cinemunchies. But it is, I mean, really any moment from Brooklyn, but we went with, um, and there's a great clip of this that's already online, I think, but it's um, Emery Cohen and uh, Saoirse Ronan as Ailish are, you know, they, they've been on one date or they're like, you know, recently dating. Um, they're in a bus. He's escorting her home and he asks if um, she'll go with him to a movie. And she says, I'll go with you to two movies, you know, just a second one, just in case the first uh, doesn't doesn't go so well for you um, if you're amenable to that or amenable to that but amenable is as she says in her accent just so precious the way he, he doesn't know what amenable means and then learns it and uses it later it's yeah. just uh, it's it's so romantic it's also such a lovely character beat for her because until that point she's been really hesitant about her whole Brooklyn life mm-hmm. and hasn't really been engaging in it and has been yeah. super super homesick and even when she first meets him, she's a little bit more hesitant about the idea of opening herself up to someone. So it's this scene where all of a sudden you see her sort of like joyful and excited and, and willing to finally start like living her own life. And it's so it's not only romantic, but it, it functions as a huge character beat and moment. And she's so good in it. Totally. And his whole like James Dean Brando yeah. facade is working well yep. within within this and it works it's yep. romantic okay last but not least oh never least we have the cinnamonchi for best feline moment <laughs> um and this one had a clear winner this year it went to inside out um i don't want to spoil it but yeah well it's the very last image of the film yeah, it's like the tag. And with the credits. It's the, the credits. Te- yeah, credit it's sequence. in the credits. Yeah, and um, if you've seen it, you know it, and maybe that's all we need to say. I and mean, if you haven't watched the whole damn movie, because it's terrific. Yeah. Meow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are our choices for our second annual cinema munchies. Mm-hmm. All of the winners can look forward to getting their mini cheese wheels. A chunk of molded cheese in the mail. They're all welcome to come have drinks at Cinedrunk headquarters. Anytime. These 
what is it, Marsala? Mm -hmm. Martinis? Yeah. Yeah. Ma Masala. Masala, excuse me. We're pretty good. Yeah. I'd say. Agreed. A success, much like the film year 2015. We had a great 2015. We were looking forward to 2016. Yes. And yeah, we will talk to you on the flip side. Cheers. Adios. Charles. <laughs>